You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. Hope you guys out there are doing well, holding up, hunkering down in this crazy, strange times we are living in. You guys are in for a treat today. My guest is an Olympic diver, an Olympic silver medalist at the 2016 Rio Games, bronze medalist at the 2014 FINA Diving World Cup, six-time senior national champion with USA Diving, 15-time junior national champion, four-time champion at the Junior Pan Am Games, five-time NCAA champion, Big Ten champion, two-time Purdue Male Athlete of the Year, actor, vlogger, husband, and man of faith. He is Steel Johnson Steel. How the heck are you doing? I am doing well. What an intro. Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the longest introduction I've ever given, but also I know I could have added a lot more to that. I know there are more uh, (laughs) accolades there, but we didn't want to take up all our our listeners' time, so we will leave it at that. We'll probably dive into some more of those things uh, as the podcast goes on, but I am so grateful for your time. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, you know, just staying in my wife's family's home right now in Illinois. You know, we've got all this crazy stuff going on and we thought it'd be better to be quarantined with family than to be quarantined just by ourselves in a small apartment. So I'm doing well, staying healthy. Amen to that. And yeah, something I thought I'd never be talking about on the podcast, coronavirus, COVID-19. You just kind of mentioned you and your wife are with uh, your wife's family in Illinois. Um, what's, what is that like? Just, you know, this is obviously something we've never really experienced in our lifetime. Talk about the new daily routine. Um, I think the, the biggest change in the routine is the fact that I'm not going to the pool and training right now, but I am doing what I can to stay active, stay healthy. Um, a lot of it right now, we're still able to go outside. You know, you got to practice the social distancing, making sure you stay far enough away from, uh, just other people. So we're going on walks around the neighborhood, which is completely empty, which has been great. I've been skateboarding around the neighborhood to do some (laughs) cardio and then been doing a lot of my uh, just weightlifting exercises with bands and with light weights and body weight in the basement. So luckily here, there's enough space to be doing enough activity to stay healthy, but it's definitely not the ideal situation leading up to the Olympics, but everyone's in the same boat. We just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. And I want to ask you about that. I think when I talked to uh, Ben Turner, the, uh, swimming SID up there, uh, just maybe as recently as last week, he said there was kind of an exception for the Olympic athletes still getting to use the pool. What changed in the last week, uh, between getting to use it and not now? I think the biggest thing that changed is we obviously just want to respect the the United States government and, you know, the United Nations just asking yeah. for social distancing mm-hmm. and not being out if you don't have to be. Um, our pool is still open, but our World Cup got pushed back three months until June, and so we didn't see it as necessary to be doing what we were doing now that we were three months away from World Cup instead of just a few weeks away. So we decided to take a step back, take some time to quarantine with our families, just be home. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we can get back into it at some point soon. You mentioned all the things you're able to keep doing. Does being out of the pool affect that training and how much? It it absolutely affects the training. It's going to affect everyone's training, mm-hmm. but I'm in a situation where, um, over the past year and a half, I've had two foot surgeries and I've spent a lot of time out of the pool and 
after those surgeries, I was still able to get back into the pool and get my dives back to full form relatively quickly. And yeah. so this time off isn't really scaring me on that front because mm-hmm. I know I've done it in the past where if I'm out for a while, I can get back into it. And so that's given me confidence that when I'm able to get back in the pool, I know I'm going to be able to get back in relatively quick. Yeah. I know you, like you say, you're training for these games that have been pushed back and also, of course, training for 2020 Tokyo. What is the latest you are hearing, if anything, on on the Olympic Games and if and when those might happen? I know just as much as the general public knows. We've not been given too much information. Um, I just saw today that Canada and Australia both pulled out of the Olympics if it's held in July of this year. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be more on that with other countries. But for right now, uh, the U.S. hasn't said anything, so it's still full steam ahead for me. Yeah, hey, full steam ahead. There you go. Uh, um, I know this is a constantly evolving, even on a daily or minute-by-minute minute basis, but based on what we know now as of this recording, do you hope it happens in July, or would you like to see it pushed back just for you know, the, the safety and sanity of everybody? I honestly don't know at this point. Okay. Obviously, we want it to happen right. regardless and on time, but day-by-day, day it's looking less and less likely. Um, and I think we need to really understand the global impact this is having and mm-hmm. focus on humanity first sure. because, you know, without people, there's no Olympics. Yeah. And so we need to take care of people. We need to be doing our part and really focus on our health, the health of those around us in our communities. Um, and if we do that effectively, I think we will be able to get back to the Olympic games, you know, when it's time. But, uh, at the end of the day, we have to focus on people first and the safety of others. Amen. Well said. Very, very well said. Well, let's go back, uh, words here a little bit, shifting gears, started diving at the age of seven. I know a lot of kids myself when I was seven, I was probably just thinking about getting dirty, playing outside, watching cartoons and whatnot. But you started diving at the age of seven. How long in after that, did you kind of realize you were good at this and something you may want to do either a for a career or started thinking about the Olympics at what young age was that? When I was 10 years old, I got asked to join the national team, which was based out of Indianapolis. And there were eight of us on that team and six out of the eight of us went to the 2008 Olympics. And when, when I started training with that team, um, that's when I could really start to get the sense of, wow, all these people are going to the Olympics and I'm here with them. I, when I'm older, I could have a shot at going to the Olympics as well. Wow. That's incredible. And I want to talk about it. Fast forward a couple of years. You said 10. That's when that, uh, that dream kind of started being realized there at age 12, you almost had a setback there. Or maybe did have a minor setback. You had a, a terrible accident where you hit your head on the board, uh, coming down. Talk to our listeners about that. I know you've kind of more just recently opened up about that on your vlog and in recent years and, been a little more willing to talk about I want you to share that story because it gives you so many opportunities to to share with other people of kind of what you went through and where you are at now yeah when I was 12 I was just at a normal practice building up for our nationals that were coming up a couple weeks later and I was doing a reverse three and a half somersault um, and I just got too close to the tower and hit my head on the 10 meter um, and then I fell you know, all 10 meters to the water and landed on my head in the water. And when I hit the water, that's when the cut on my head ripped from ear to ear and pretty much scalped me. And uh, my coach jumped in the water and had my held, held my head together until the paramedics got there. And, uh, you know, uh, until I was older, I really couldn't understand the severity of the situation because it's, 
it was so traumatic to the point that I don't remember the incident. And I think that's for the better because if I did, I probably wouldn't have gotten back in the Mm -hmm. pool, but I was back in the water diving again a month and a half after the incident. It could have been so much worse if I had been just, you know, a couple millimeters closer to the platform. But I feel like the Lord had his hand of protection Mm -hmm. over me in that scenario by, you know, removing that incident from my memory and still giving me a desire to do the sport because I was still a young kid. I still love to jump off high things and do flips <laughs> and it was allowing me to travel the world. And so it truly was an awful situation that I was in, but I feel like the Lord was able to bless it. And, you know, that dive ended up being a dive that helped me win a silver medal at the Olympics. Yeah. And so it, it, it's crazy to see that it comes full circle, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm not excited that that situation happened, but I'm grateful for the way the Lord has blessed me through it. Yeah, as I say, you mentioned, you know, crediting God like you are now, how, how He's brought you through that and gave you perspective. And then I, you know, I love how, like you said, it came full circle. That now, now this is your your favorite dive to perform, and you know what led to uh, your uh, silver medal there at the Olympics. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's fast forward a couple years later. Uh, I believe. 2014, correct me if I'm wrong, you arrive at Purdue as a freshman to start your career there. Is that correct? Yes. And talk about your time at Purdue. I mean, I, I listed some of those things. What, five-time NCAA champion, a Big Ten champ, two-time Purdue male athlete of the year, and probably would have been a third had uh, a guy named Caleb Swanigan not had a, a phenomenal year in 2017. You may have been a three-time uh, three-time, uh, three-time athlete of the year there and maybe four if you don't you know redshirt one year to to train for uh 2016 talk about your memories from purdue and what of all those things i've mentioned or more that i haven't what stands out to you i think some of the coolest memories from purdue were being able to train my sport full-time but also still have the school and social aspect Mm. that came with purdue because i was homeschooled all the way up until i went to college And college was a new experience for me, living with a roommate who ended up being my best friend while I was there all of our four or five years, Um, you know, going to classes, being in film labs, just different things that I wasn't used to were exciting to me at the time. And uh, I'm grateful for the experiences Purdue gave me, as well as all the success that came along with diving at Purdue. Yeah. And I mentioned, I believe, what was it, your sophomore year in, you kind of red shirt to prepare for 2016. What's that like as a college student at, what, 19, 20 years old, however that you're taking a red shirt, uh, not because of an injury, but because you're training for the Olympics. I mean, talk about the mindset for something like that. I think it's just the same as before I went to college, but okay. because before I went to college, I was training full time. Okay. And then I had one year of college, had all the college competitions, and then it was back to full time mm-hmm. training for the Olympics. Um, so it, it just kind of felt like I was back in high school again, because I was taking online classes at the time. So it, it was something I was kind of used to. Okay. You come back from that and uh, win some more uh, NCAA titles and a Big Ten title. In fact, from what I'm told, today actually is the two-year uh, or anniversary of two of your five national titles. So congratulations on that. Wow. 2018-2017, you. you won a couple on this date. So there's a little uh, trivia there for our listeners. Um, so you come back, you come back to Purdue, get readjusted back to college life, and again, keep having success uh, on the boards there at Purdue. Talk about readjusting. And then, again, this is the continued success you've had at Purdue. Yeah, it was it was definitely 
exciting coming back from the Olympics with a medal and then getting back into the college competitions. It was definitely difficult at first because the level of competition at the Olympics is so much different than a dual meet, you know, but I, I think I was able to adjust well and get back into uh, taking classes and training and doing the dual meets again. It was all a whirlwind for a while, but then it was back to reality and the reality of it was I'm still a student. I'm still a student athlete. I've got these responsibilities here. Uh, let's focus on this now. Yeah. Talk about uh, your, uh, I know you mentioned several times, your your mentor and good friend, uh, David Badaya, and along with uh, your coach, uh, Adam Sadaltis, and forgive me if I uh, correct me if I said that wrong. Uh, just about the effect they've had in your life, both as uh, uh, a college athlete, a diver, and then I know also how much they've inspired you and um, affected you and helped you along with uh, your faith journey as well. Yeah, I I definitely think they played a huge role in me coming to know the the gospel for what it is mm-hmm. and. I, like I said earlier, I grew up in the church. And so in middle school, high school, like I was always at the church. I was homeschooled. A lot of my friends were homeschooled. So that's just where we hung out. Um, but it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I really started to develop an understanding of what faith is and what that looks like for me. And David and Adam were both able to kind of help guide me in that and share with me what the gospel truly was and uh, just take me along in that. And since then, you know, I've been able to grow and learn and just gain knowledge and wisdom and uh, I think my wife even was one of the biggest influencers in that for me when I met her. And so it was great to be able to dive with an Olympic champion and Olympic <laughs> champion coach, yeah. but also at practice, be able to learn from them uh, of what it looks like to love Jesus well in the pool and out of the pool. Yeah. And so it wasn't like I had separate lives of you got your work friends, you got your dive friends, you got your school friends. It was like, I'm around these people that are constantly trying to build each other up day in and day out. That's amazing. I, I mean, you're basically still 15 years younger than me, but then when I see you and David and, and guys uh, representing not only Purdue, but uh, our country, and then most more importantly, the Lord, on the Olympic stage, and people are talking about your identity, and you guys on the national world level you know, are saying, you know, my identity is not diving, my, you know, my identity is in Christ— Hearing you guys say that, uh, I, I have a huge amount of respect for you. Like I said, even though you're 15 years younger than me, I look up to you. And I, I think that's really awesome. I just want to commend you for that and, you know, using that world stage to to proclaim your faith. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and I mean, it is just one of those scenarios where in those interviews, you're sharing what's on your heart in that moment. And in that moment, that's all I was feeling in my heart was yeah. just, you know, a lot of gratitude towards the Lord and just that's what I was being filled with at the time and what I'm trying to continue to fill myself with now. And so when the camera's on you, you're going to share what's truly inside of you. And so that was just one of those opportunities that in the moment, I'm not even realizing too much what I'm talking about. I'm just sharing about how good the Lord is and how exciting of a time it is and just how true identity comes from him. Uh, and I was really feeling that. And so I think it was just a cool opportunity to be able to share that. Um, but also just to see how it's affected other people years down the line has been just such a blessing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Congrats to you, man, especially too. Also, you know, I want to talk about, I know David, I think if I correct, and correct me again if I'm wrong on these things, but uh, I believe David moved on to a different event for uh, you know the Olympics. So you have uh, some new diving partners. Is that correct? Again, all Boilermakers, right? Is that awesome? Is that, is that um, correct? 
So I'm actually diving synchro with David on three meter now. Okay. Um, I'm also doing three meter individual as well. So both David and I moved from platform to three meter. Oh, you both moved. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know you've had some other diving partners though, right? Uh, uh, Brandon and uh, Ben. Yeah. Yep. And the I, at least in the FINA world champions. Um, again, that's so cool. I mean, just we should just probably start calling Purdue diving you, right? I mean, all these <laughs> good divers going on to uh, world championships and Olympic uh, uh, Olympic competitions. Um, and again, I mentioned you're 15 years younger. I mean, you're not even 25 yet. You're you're married coming up, I believe, what, this June on your third anniversary to you, uh, you and your wife, Hillary, right? Yeah, third year anniversary coming up June 23rd. Awesome. Uh, and you're not even 25, and you have traveled all around the world. And I know a lot that is owed to, you know, uh, this USA diving and all these things you've gotten to, to do. Um, talk about that experience, just getting it literally circle the circle the globe yeah i mean i went on my first international diving trip when i was nine years old and that was to sheffield england for the british nationals and every year since then i've gone on an international trip uh with team usa whether it's for juniors or seniors and so from the age of nine to now being 23 i've seen a lot of the world from you know the united states to australia to spain to china to japan like I've been all over the place and it really has given me an appreciation for different cultures and diversity as a whole, you know, being in the Midwest, it's a very, you know, comfortable lifestyle. You grow up in a suburban home, suburban neighborhoods, you have your like school system and then you go off to college. But I think being around a lot of international divers in foreign areas has really given me just a deep appreciation for the beauty that each country holds, that each city holds. And yeah. Uh, you know, it's really built up something in me that I don't think I would have had built up in me had I not traveled from such a young age. Um, you know, in this generation, everyone's got the travel bug. They want to travel. Mm -hmm. And I, I do too. I love traveling, but I think the biggest part for me is I love being immersed in different cultures and just doing life the way they do it for a week or two. Uh, it just really feeds me in such a unique way. Uh, and obviously seeing beautiful landscapes and mountains and oceans and all that. It's, it's just been such a cool experience to travel for so much of my life. That's cool. And I mentioned the vlogging off the top. You're also uh, interested in photography and you've gotten to share some of that through your vlogs or photography, just kind of getting to share some of your trips around the world with us back here in the States. Just kind of give us a, at least a small glimmer of, of, of what you're getting to see over there. Yeah. Yeah. With my vlogs, I just started that because I really wanted to document what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I started it around Olympic trials in 2012 and I really saw it as an opportunity to document the few years, uh, in between the 2012 Olympics, 2016 Olympics, because I had a goal of going to the 2016 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And through those four years, you got to see the highs of winning a world cup medal in 2014 to the lows of not qualifying in certain events. Um, and everything in between of what it was like to be in high school, get my driver's license, start going to college. <laughs> There's just so much that happened in that, in that space of life. And I'm so glad I documented it all as corny as the vlogs can be. <laughs> it was just me having fun with my friends sure. and filming it. And I'm, I'm glad I did it because when, you know, I have kids in the future, my kids are going to be 15, 16, 17 years old. They're going to be able to go back and see exactly what their dad was like yeah. at 15, 16 and 17 years old. That's so cool, man. And you mentioned, uh, we mentioned the photography and the vlogging. For those people, you know, you're so busy, especially with all the uh, swim diving training and everything. Who who outside of the pool is Steel Johnson? What, you know, what kind of music do you listen to? What do you, what movies do you like to watch? What do you, what do you do for fun 
if you even have that kind of downtime to, to do that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, to answer the first question, what type of music I listen to, a lot of people are shocked by this, but I'm a big metal head. I love <laughs> like American metalcore music. And so it's not like Metallica metal or like ACDC. <laughs> it's bands like Silent Planet, Fit for a King, uh, August Burns Red, like cool. essentially what everyone knows yeah. is Screamo. But that's what I listen to uh, before competition, after competition, just at home, driving in my car. Uh, it's it's I just find it so <laughs> musically uh, complex that it really just stimulates my brain. Um, and it's the best concerts to go to. But <laughs> I really listen to that that type of music, a lot of worship music from churches like the Belonging Co., Upper Room, Bethel, Hillsong. Okay. Um, and then I, in terms of movies, I don't watch, I mean, I was a film major in college, but I don't watch too many movies. I'll typically watch the movies that are either like corny rom-coms mm-hmm. or uh, things that were winning Academy Awards. Okay. Um, so I'm like, I either want the really stupid movies or the super <laughs> like complex movies that are winning all the awards. Um, and I don't have much space for stuff in between. Um, but other than that, I, I just really like to spend time with my wife and my puppies at home. And I love skateboarding and, you know, just staying active and doing what every other 23 year old male is doing at this time. Right. <laughs> Sometimes with all these things you've accomplished, it's hard to remember that you're only, you know, 23 coming up on 24 here. Um, yeah. kind of bring this back, you know, full circle. You know, we, we talked about, um, all your accomplishments, all these accolades. I, I forgot to mention too, like, you know, these Purdue accomplishments I mentioned, there probably would be even some more. Like I mentioned, you redshirted that one year to train for the Olympics, and then you even missed your senior year to to rec- uh, recover some some injuries and some surgeries. So again, yeah, could be a lot more out there. But now you are kind of, I believe, what focused on World Games and and the Olympics. Um, you know, how ready are you just to to see some action, especially now that you're kind of for lack of better terms, locked down right now. I mean, are you just ready to get back in the pool and, and, and get ready? Yeah, I'm ready to get back in the pool. I've been diving really well. I just got back from Spain and from Canada, mm-hmm. and in both those places I competed really well and dove well and mm-hmm. was feeling confident leaning into the World Cup coming up. And so now I just need to be able to carry that momentum a few months into June and, um, you know, just stay on top of my game. Yeah. And obviously, I know leaning on your faith is going to help with your patience in this time of uncertainty and, and, and you know, what's next and when are you going to be able to get back out there? Uh, Steele, I'm so appreciative of your time. As we're kind of wrapping up here, anything else that you uh, want to add for our listeners that I may have forgotten to mention? Uh, I don't think so. I think you covered everything. <laughs> talked, a lot of, <laughs> talked a lot about a lot of things. Um, you know, I look forward. I Hopefully this... Uh, you know, this nasty virus does go away soon and we can all do our part in helping yeah. that. And, uh, man, yeah. I just, I'm so pumped for, I, I'll always look forward to the Olympics and then I always look forward to them even more when I know somebody or have gotten to know somebody, whether it's, you know, yeah. personally or over the phone here as we're doing, uh, th- for the, uh, for the podcast, but it just makes me even more excited to, to root for people like yourself. And, uh, I just, I hope we can, get back to uh, just a level of normalcy here soon. And I hope, uh, especially for you, man, I just want to see you be able to to, uh, uh, build off of 2016. And just, I know there's so much more out there for you and the Lord's got uh, great things ahead for you, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it too, whenever that may be. Awesome. Hey, uh, before we uh, leave, I just remembered another thing I had in my notes here. 
Uh, I mentioned uh, off the top when I was naming all these things, I named actor, and some people might have said, actor, you uh, starred in a uh, short film. Uh, was that at Purdue? It's uh, called Blood and Water. Tell us a little bit about that. So Blood and Water is a film that was directed by uh, Brian Blum, who at the time was making this film uh, to, I think it was to be his thesis film for graduating NYU. Um, And so we shot some of the film out in New York, out in New Jersey, and out in Michigan. Um, And so it was back in 2015 that we filmed it. It was about three weeks of production, and uh, it turned out to be an awesome awesome film. I was grateful for that opportunity because I had just started film school and mm. he originally reached out to me to be the stunt double for the <laughs> film because they needed a diver that could do 10 meter dives. <laughs> but then when he found out I was a film student, he gave me the opportunity to be the lead actor instead of just the stunt double, which I was super grateful for. It gave me a lot of film experience that, you know, film school wasn't going to give me and I was getting it at the beginning of film school. So to be on a professional set with professional cinematographers, directors, producers, gaffers, all of those people in production, and then being able to go back to New York for the premiere or go to Indiana, we had a premiere as well. And in Michigan, and you know, it was just such an awesome experience. And the director and I still stay in contact. He actually texted me about an hour ago. I'm doing with all this quarantine stuff. So, (laughs) Brian is just such an awesome, awesome person, amazing filmmaker, and I was so grateful for that opportunity. That's awesome. What's the movie about? The movie is about an athlete who hits their head on the platform and has to make a comeback. So he wrote the story about his own story because he was a diver and hit his head on the board. And when he had uh, hired me out to be the actor in this film, he didn't know that I had actually lived out Wow. the head-hitting part of the story in this film. So it was actually crazy how it all came to be. Um, so a lot of people think that story is about me, when in reality it's about the director. <laughs> um, and my story just happened to be so similar in that regard. Wow. But you knew what he's going through, man. That's that's incredible. Is that movie out uh, available anywhere? If like our listeners want to go check it out, do you know where they could find that? Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. Um, yeah, go check it out wherever okay. it's available. Awesome. And for our listeners and for you, Steele, as well, when I, after I get this uh, episode uploaded, I will also put out a web article and I'll put some links to some of these things uh, for people. I'll put a link out to Steele's vlog. I'll put a link out to that video when I find it, um, just so people can kind of get uh, connected to those things. Um, Steele, man, thank you so much for your time. I know I've taken up enough as it is. Uh, really appreciate you. Really appreciate what you're doing out there. And uh, just continue, uh, keep the faith, man, and, and boiler up. Yeah, Boiler Up. Thank you so much for this. Awesome. Thank you. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.